0: Toronto Maple Leafs
1: game day. Round two. Sounds Fight. good. Sounds nice.
0: <laughs> it does sound nice. It has a ring yeah. to it. It was nice looking at, they do graphics everywhere, right? Jobo loves these, the graphics. Oh, I, do. I do. He loves the graphics. You look out on social media, you see the graphics. And it just looks weird to see. Look at the second round. Kraken, <laughs> Maple Leafs, <laughs> Panthers. <laughs> You're looking at the bracket. Yeah. Like, oh just doesn't make any sense looking at it. It seems fake. Yeah. If someone showed you that one, the bracket pool people must be in shambles. Yeah. Nobody picked this, right? Who no. would
2: have picked Samsonov and Bobrovsky
0: in the second round? Even I was all over the Rangers coming through. By the way, mm. it should be noted. I just want to say that I, I'm a petty guy. All right? I think that's well established. <laughs> no. And as much as I can call people out about, how they have their incessant need to be right. I also have that. (laughs) I also have those demons. (laughs) I'll just admit them, though. I'll just admit them. And uh, when the Ryan O'Reilly trade happened, there were a lot of crybabies crying about, why didn't they get Patrick Kane? Because if you recall, the very next evening, Patrick Kane showed up in the Toronto Maple Leafs. He showed up against them, and he decided to score Mm -hmm. many goals. (laughs) And people said, he's not washed up. He's incredible. Why would you give up things for Ryan O'Reilly when you could have given up things for Patrick Kane? Who's going to score goals? Big goals. He's going home, Patrick Kane. He actually kind of stunk up the joint. And yeah, he's had some points. And yeah, I think his uh, impact on that series was pretty minimal, to be yeah. honest. Anyways, Rangers going home. That game seven sort of stunk. Rangers just no-showed it, Yeah. Yeah. except for one man, Truba, who laid the play of the first round. And then again, the crybabies were out in full force. I got to tell you, this is becoming one of the most frustrating things for me in all of sports, is that there are so many people now that just want the cheap pop on social media being like, I don't think people should get hurt playing sports. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) I appreciate your contract. These are the types of hits that need to go. We don't need this anymore. One of the guys, a friend of mine wrote, it was unnecessary. He was like, it's not a a, a legal hit, but it's an unnecessary one. I was like, okay, can we agree that that tweet is unnecessary? (laughs) That these opinions are unnecessary? Like, basically, the entire world came to the consensus that Timo Meyer has his head down. He's coming over the middle. He's in what we have deemed for the history of sports, the trolley tracks. He is bent over almost Mm -hmm. completely. And people are like, yeah, but he should owe him a duty of care because he's looking at the puck. I'm like, huh? (laughs) That's the whole thing. Don't just stare down the puck. That's why they say keep your head up out on the ice. Be aware of your surroundings. Good lesson in life, I would say. Be aware of your surroundings. Mm -hmm. Like if you walk out into the middle of traffic and you get hit by a car – it's like, oh, I had headphones on. Oh, I'm wearing sunglass-eyed headphones. It's not right. You got to get of rid care. of these cars. Like, this is just, you owe me a duty, duty care. You should have <laughs> slammed on the brakes. What are we talking about here? It was a beautiful, clean hit. He keeps the elbow tucked. He doesn't leave his skates at all. He just plasters them. Gorgeous. Gorgeous hit. Again, if you're trying to say, how are you going to sell hockey? What's going to be the most clipped-viewed uh, play of the entire round? It's not going to be Rupe hints highlights, which are brilliant, and I love them. <laughs> it's going to be that. It's yeah. going to be that hit. That is going to get people talking about hockey. That's going to get people talking about playoff hockey. Nobody wants to see people get hurt. Mm-hmm. But it is just a byproduct of sports with physicality. And And I don't understand these people that want to try to live in this perfect utopia where they go, oh, you know, we want hitting. I don't want to get rid of the physicality. It's just that we should get rid of... The physicality is the only way to make sure that it's safe. It reminds me of that South Park episode where it's put all the players in the bubble wrap and the and the little balls yeah. and have them run around. And instead, of, like Randy keeps going, and instead have them use flags. And they keep making the NFL more and more ridiculous. That's how I feel about this stuff sometimes. And I can't tell if it's rational thinking people because they go, it hits him in the head. I'm like, yeah, obviously, it hits him in the head. Again, he's completely bent over. That is not against the rules. All mm-hmm. the officials went, right, that's not against the rules. It's a clean hit. Got to keep your head up. Got to have hitting in hockey. If you start doing stuff like this, we've already even had a conversation this year about getting big hits out because of Truba. Mm-hmm. I say, God bless Jacob Truba. <laughs> I love him. He is one of my favorite players. There's been several conversations about Jacob Truba's hits. <laughs> Hell yeah, as you should. You know what's sweet? Having physical thumpers out there on the ice who can change the game with a hit. Mm-hmm. Love it. Hope Timo Meyer's okay too. Yeah. Guess what? I like seeing hits. Don't like finding out guys are grievously hurt. But that is what is going to happen in sports. Mm-hmm. Just like if you're going to play anything, you're going to have torn ACLs. You're going to have concussions. You're going to have torn ligaments and ankles. You're going to have guys who don't age well. Like my, I'm not aging well. I don't play sport, <laughs> pro sports feel dumber every day, yeah. and my shoulder hurts every day. <laughs> Don't sell yourself I short. Is, Come on. I didn't even play. I didn't <laughs> even get the millions of dollars. I didn't even get the glory and the fame. Sucks. Anyway, I just volleyball's right there, people. Like, if that really offends you and you hate it so much, the, uh, you could probably find a stream to, like, Serbia, Brazil, and check out volleyball. Why it's volleyball catching strays? Because it, you won't see anybody get hit in volleyball might see Man, someone get six packed, which is the term they use when the ball goes off someone's face. But I've never seen anybody out cold and throw an elbow. <laughs> I played volleyball. I was Libero. Oh, nice. Yeah. No big deal, but on IASA. IASA.
1: Yeah. IASA. Oh,
0: nice. <laughs> yeah. IASA. <laughs> You're playing. the Chris Paul of volleyball. I actually straight up cost my team going to OFSA. Oh. Uh, dude, I had my worst game ever in the IASA. Like, Finals in volleyball. Oh no. Where we like it wasn't the finals because two teams advanced from each region. hmm But it was the game. The for, qualifier yeah, for Offsa. It was a qualifier for Offsa. And I just shanked everything in that game. I just oh, couldn't no. make a play. I was totally you mad. Malcolm Brogdon. You know what's crazy? It's a sports memory I had that I had completely blacked out and then just what like fairly recently, maybe even last summer, I was thinking about it, going, wow, it's what? what? <laughs> Someone reminded me of that game, and I was like, ah, ah. <laughs> pretty sure I was quite bad in that game. <laughs> I have more memories of just not being able to make plays than making good plays, and it was tight too. Anyways, so yeah, I'm an IASA Starting libero, but also one that choked and <laughs> cost his team. <laughs> choked miserably and cost his team a chance the the script right now, yeah, I you didn't no, take no. it. I, I tell the truth on this show. Anyways, Leafs-Panthers tonight. We're here. I cannot wait. I don't know what... Austin, awesome. oh, okay. Uh, yes. Uh, okay, that's good. Just keep calling the guest. Thank you. That was great. Really important timing for that interruption, Austin. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, Leafs-Panthers tonight. Leafs beat the brakes off this team in the regular season. Like, I don't know how much this is going to count, but I will say this about Florida. Everyone's really, really afraid to say how they truly feel, which is the Leafs should dominate this series. They should kick the ass of the Florida Panthers in this series, okay? I I just – I don't know why we have to pretend – Still, because of the quote-unquote overconfidence ghosts, this is how sports work. You line up a series and you look at the two teams and you say, which one of them is better? It's the Toronto Maple Leafs. Tweeted it out yesterday, but they're the betting favorites for the Stanley Cup Finals. And they're pretty decent-sized favorites in this series. But I would actually argue that Toronto, from a gambling standpoint, is a pretty decent bet. I think that was minus 172 for the series for them to beat the Panthers. And there's a lot of, like wow, the Panthers were such a strong offensive team, and wow, the Panthers is so good. Like, I follow hockey. I know what this regular season was. The Panthers were in threat to lose out to teams like Ottawa and Buffalo. They were in the mix with those teams this year. They couldn't get saves. Their, their penalty kill was horrific. They gave up a ton of goals all year long. And let's call a spade a spade. That... Bruin series, in my opinion, was a team that got hurt and started to show their age at the wrong time. And then their MVP, the guy who was the cons favorite going into the playoffs, Linus Almark, completely fell apart in the series. And now everyone's like, the Panthers are so plucky. The Panthers are so dangerous. You should be afraid of the Panthers. And, it's, and we're back already to this stupid Toronto stuff of... Be afraid, be afraid, show respect. If you don't, you don't want to jinx it, you don't want to curse it, you don't want to curse it. The Toronto police are favored. We're talking about the curses being done. Let's just talk about this rationally. The Panthers were, in, like, factually, if you could pick at the beginning of the postseason, hey, which team would you want in the, in the playoffs? Which team would you want to draw in in the Eastern Conference? You wouldn't pick the Rangers. You wouldn't pick the, you wouldn't pick the Devils. You wouldn't pick the Bruins. You wouldn't pick the Lightning. Like, let's go on Maybe down the, the line Islanders. of how... They, no, it would not be the Islanders. Exactly. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it wouldn't be Carolina. It would be the Florida freaking Panthers. <laughs> and people are still texting me like, I saw those teenagers saying we want Florida, and now I'm really scared. What are we doing? We're still doing this? And like, I, I just, I don't get it. They're clearly the best break for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and people are afraid to admit that they're feeling fairly excited and fairly confident about the series, as you should. Those guys ran into a broken-down team that just had nothing. Did you guys watch Bergeron in Game 7? Mm-hmm. Not having turnovers? Does that look like Patrice Bergeron to you? No. Like, if he's playing the way that he played all regular season, we were still having the conversation of maybe he does come back, right? Maybe he isn't finished. That Bruins team fell apart. The Panthers were plucky, they deserve credit, Kachuk was brilliant, but this is not some story about two equal teams. I'm sorry, I refuse to buy into this narrative. This is a story about the Toronto Maple Leafs, and if they actually got the monkey off their back, and if they actually are going to show up as a different team that isn't carrying around the weight of all those ghosts, they should plaster this team. They beat them in the regular season, 3-0-1. Paul Maurice, you, you don't remember all the crying? Like, oh, it's when we come here, it's just not fair. That's what that was this year. You don't remember the dad of one of the players going on saying his team was soft? That's still this Florida Panthers team. Awesome couple of forwards they've got. Awesome pairing that they've got. But let's be real. Toronto Maple Leafs, you better win this series. Because you should be even bigger favorites than the books suggest. Anthony Petrelli, Yahoo, Maple Leafs hot stove. Excellent writer, just an underrated guy who should get more credit because I just think he knocks a lot of things out of the park. He did a a preview for this series, which I read yesterday evening. Good morning, Anthony. What's up, brother? Morning. How's it going? Good. Um, Why are people pretending that this is so close? Like, why are we doing the expected goals for thing with Florida and pretending like they're on the same plane as the Leafs? Like, why can't we tell the truth? There's a lot there on pack. Yeah. How much time do we have? I know. I just, I'm just kidding. Anyway, I, but okay, let me actually start with this. How much are you taking from a regular season into the playoffs? Because I don't think that we do that too often in this sport. We all acknowledge that, Hey, you can get bounces. Things can change. You can get hot at the right time. That's the nature of the sport. But is there something in particular that when you were going back and you were writing your preview that did pop up in those games that you do think is going to apply here?
3: Uh, I do think, if
0: I mean, just from the regular season or including the playoffs? The regular season, between these two teams specifically, how they matched up?
3: The only thing that I try to carry a little bit from the regular season play is teams that are just really good at controlling play at five on five, right? Mm-hmm. Like, which the Panthers were. Like, I mean, their goaltending situation, I, I wrote it in the article you mentioned. It was just like, I couldn't believe... Florida was as high as 12th at five-on-five save percentage. I just and I just automatically assumed their goaltending was like absolutely terrible all the year, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. And I'm sure a lot of that had to do with Alex Lyon essentially blacking out to end the season. Mm-hmm. That's why I just find them like such a strange team because I do think their forward group is legit. Like They can run three good lines. Like yep. Sam Reinhardt's on their third line. He's, he's the 30-goal scorer. Like they do have three good lines. We can't take that away from them. I think their defense is like three deep tops, right? Like they've got one good pairing, Brandon Montours also blacked out and had an unbelievable season. They kind of bounced him between Mark Stahl and Radko Gudis. And to your point, if you're the Leafs, like if you're not torching Mark Stahl playing 19 minutes a night Mm -hmm. with William Nylander and Mitch Marner in their primes, like that's a huge problem. Like that just, that can't happen. They they need to eat that series, like that matchup a lot in a series. And then the biggest thing for Florida is just like their goaltending. Like, what is it? I mean, mm-hmm. like, I mean we question the Leafs goaltending. If the Leafs had Sergey Bobrovsky and Alex Lyon right now, I mean, people would be wondering what exactly is going on there, right? Like, that's, that's the thing. I don't think they would Bobrovsky be because capable. I think they'd be
0: watching from home again and we'd be torching Kyle Dubas for yet again blowing the goaltending position and costing them a series. Like, I, yeah. I don't think they'd be where they are.
3: Yeah, the one thing that Florida had in that series, kind of looking back on it against mm-hmm. Boston, and I heard a little bit of what you were saying right there, And uh, Matthew Kachuk was the best player in that series. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like no one on Boston, like, I mean, I know Boston has past track. I know they have McAvoy, but you watch that series, like Matthew Kachuk was the best player in that series. And there's something to be said when you have the best player in a series, and I don't think that he should be the top guy in this one. Like, I, you know, I think Matthew Chuck's an elite player just to, you know, he's in the top 10 players in the NHL. Mm-hmm. I think Matthews should be better than him in this series. I think Matthews was really, really good in the first round. I just, you know, the Leafs' defensive depth should really, you know, short of them, you know, being able to just not contain Florida at all, which would be surprising to me. That should put the Leafs ahead of Florida reasonably in this series. So, I, you know, to your point, like, I think the Leafs should feel pretty good about getting the matchup. Mm-hmm. It, it's the Leafs, so we can never, you know, yeah. just ha- do anything easy all
0: time. Right. But that, you that, know. You're, you're, you're bang on. It is the Leafs, and I understand the reservations of members of the fan base, right? Like, I, I get why people are, are reluctant to look at this and feel like Toronto's favorites. Because your whole life essentially, because people who've been watching this team for the last 20 years, you you haven't had an opportunity to feel like Toronto should be favored, and in fact, the one time you thought they should be was against Montreal, and it's the most stinging, burning loss ever. Even that's, that one stings so bad that I had Montreal fans reaching out to me after Toronto won, like good buddies of mine, and they were going, man, this is awesome for your team. Like, hey, way, way to go. They actually did it. I'm like, the only reason these guys are doing this is because <laughs> Toronto choked that series against Montreal. and They're still in the power seat for that uh, relationship. But there, there's just a couple things with Florida. One is there were four games in that last series where Boston only managed three goals. It also became more of an up and down. Like Florida was drastically outplayed in a bunch of those games, but it definitely became more of an up and down series. The goaltending was basically like it, it ended up being a, an advantage for Florida for a bunch of it. But you look at this thing like Sergei Bobrovsky's 34 years old. They did go with Alex Lyon, right? And I, I just think that this idea that he's going to all of a sudden turn off, turn up into playoff Bobrovsky or the guy that won the two Vesno awards is a little bit of fool's gold. Anybody can get hot, so of course this can sort of backfire on me. Alex Lyon did play the Leafs well this year, but everything I keep looking at is, okay, if Toronto loses this, it's this is it. This, they blew it. I said last round that Toronto needed to beat Tampa, that it would be their biggest disappointment since Montreal. Now it would be this one to me. Like, they cannot lose this Florida series from a talent standpoint.
3: Yeah, I mean... I don't want to be too negative about them right now. Uh, just, you know, all things considered, but like realistically, if if you were asking just to speak honestly, if they beat Tampa playing the way that they did, and then they lose to Florida, it, it would be a disappointing playoff. Like they, they didn't outplay Tampa. Mm-hmm. Stamper after the series, I thought Q was right. He said, I think we actually played better in this series than we did last year. We just didn't get the breaks like that. If you're Tampa, that's how you're feeling. I don't think Tampa's sitting there going like, you know, the mantle has been passed and we got totally passed over. I think Tampa's sitting there going, we genuinely outplayed them. We didn't close games properly. You know, a few bounces here or there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Like we I mean, everyone was watching those games. Everyone was sitting there in the first period, five out of six games going, the Leafs are getting completely tilted right now. So... I know there's a ton of euphoria winning the series, but now that it's kind of over, it's like, okay, let's just be honest about it. And then, you know, moving forward, if if your one playoff series victory in, in so long is basically that, and then you lose to Florida, that's not like that's not great. <laughs> no, it it
0: really would change things, and I I do wonder how the conversations would start to go. I just, yeah, I do feel pretty confident that a better version of the Maple Leafs is going to show up and that this is just a matchup that is going to be advantageous to them. Like the Stahl thing that you referenced earlier, I I sent that note, I think, in three games in our Leafs talk group chat with Bourne and McKee, which was, man, if the Leafs draw the Panthers, how bad is Stahl going to get abused? Like he was dreadful in that series against Boston. And that was, again, a team that did not look very good for large portions of that series. Um, And, yeah, a guy that I think is going to probably sit in the penalty box a bunch against Toronto. And and you outlined it. But Florida's penalty kill this year was a real problem. And I actually have a buddy who's a, a Florida fan. And when I texted him, that was the first thing that he wrote to me is he was really concerned about the special teams battle. Um, how, how big do you think this is for you in terms of this series is all of a sudden, uh, you know, a special teams battle going from that Tampa series where everyone said Toronto had to stay out of the box. Does it basically flip in this one and become one of the major stories heading into the series?
3: Yeah, honestly, I think it's over if, if Florida keeps set up, right? Like, uh, they led the league in, in minors in the regular season. They led the first round, uh, in minors, like you can't get away with it. unless the least penalty kill goes, you know, circa 2021 all over again for no reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were humming against, uh, against Tampa in the first round, right? Like they, they kind of have some options there and how they play with it now too, which is nice. It's, you know, it's like, it's not working. Let's put William Nylander back up. Let's put Ryan O'Reilly here or there or whatever. It's, it's no longer just, oh, this isn't working. Let's just keep trotting it out and scratching our head on the bench and having, like, 1,000 island stairs just down the rink, right? Like, uh, like, those were all positive developments for the team this year. They just started finally moving things around and shaking things up in the first round when things weren't working. It was, like, the first time we'd ever seen it, <laughs> uh, you know, dating back to the Babcock era. Like, he didn't do it either. hmm Right. And so, you know, Florida's going to go on the box a bunch. And even if you watched in, in game seven, they, they took some early penalties. I felt like every game I watched in that series, which was all, them, um, they would go to, they would show Paul Maurice on the bench in the first five. And they'd say Paul said the key to the game was staying out of the box as like a Panther was skating to the box. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, if the, the least power plays rolling the way it should. The Panthers penalty kills already not good. I mean, speaking of like Eric Stahl kills penalties on that team. Mhm. Like, it's completely there for the taking. It, it could wrap up r- relatively quickly, in you know, in that kind of sense. Of, if Florida is just going to parade to the box constantly, I just you know I hope the Leafs don't get caught up too caught up into it, like into the hoopla right now around everything. And but they did look focused, though. So I will say that. Like mm-hmm. for all the talk of celebrating after the first round, I didn't, I didn't get the vibe from from guys like Matthews that. They were like, all right, this is awesome. We finally won around. It, it was like, okay, let's, like next one, let's go.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I thought there were times in the floor, or sorry in the Tampa series where Toronto was the less disciplined team, and yeah, it obviously cost them in a couple of spots having to put that Tampa power play on the ice, especially when I felt like, man, you just you should be able to outplay them five on five. But I, I do think that's why Keefe instead of him talking about the physicality of the series like he has in the past two years with Tampa, is talking about trying not to engage with the Kachuk stuff because I don't think he wants, yeah, the, the Leafs to be counteracting this and putting Florida on the power play. Like, they want to be the disciplined team. I think they feel they can outplay them five on five, get those matchups, and then hopefully be able to take advantage of Florida being the undisciplined team that ends up in the penalty box a bunch. Um, so, yeah, Panthers gave up basically a 25% power play this year for those that are curious about it. So Toronto better take advantage of that. They better be able to score there because, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be massive in this series. The the other one tipping in Toronto's favor, and then we will get into some concerns with this because, yes, I do recognize, like, I, I am pushing this idea that the Leafs are heavy favorites, but obviously there's scary stuff about the Florida Panthers. But the other big advantage I keep looking at here, though, is so the Florida Panthers have this high-powered offense, and it's been, you know, well-detailed how much they can get to the net, and they scored a bunch of goals, too, against Boston. I do wonder two things. How much you think Florida's firepower was a result of Boston's goaltending in the last round. And two is just how different these two blue lines are.
3: So I do think it, obviously the Boston goaltending factored in, like there's, there's no, <laughs> there's no line to it. Right. Like the ruins goaltending was really bad and it probably sunk them in that series that said the Bruins do have a good defense. Like if the Leafs were to play the Bruins, the thing I would, the only thing I would have been actually genuinely worried about at this point would have been their defense. Their forward group I think is deep, but it's also not top heavy beyond Pasternak at this point. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. Brad Marchand's 35, Patrice Bergeron's about turn 38. Like those guys. Yeah. Right. Like great players, great careers, but they're not, they're not there anymore over the course of a long playoff. The one thing Boston, I thought, did have over the course of a long playoff was, you know, I thought Dmitry Orlov looked amazing. Uh, Charlie McEvoy was really good. So mm-hmm. Florida does deserve some credit for getting through that defense. Like, they did make that defense at times look very, very ordinary. And I I would put that defense ahead of the Leafs defense. I just don't think Sam Sinoff will be um, as bad as, as Omar was. So there is some value to that, but Florida does a good job. Like they're the only team that really does it to the level that they, that the, that they do it is having three really good players across three like lines. Mm-hmm. Like they perfectly spread it out, right? Like they don't have to, they do it on purpose.
0: Well, this is going to be too, where we see the impact of Ryan O'Reilly and that hand, right? Because he was losing, I think he lost all his face-offs in the final game of that series And it seemed, yeah, it seemed like that started to really take a toll there. And I don't know, really does, it's hard not to think that the finger is broken. He's wearing a splint and all of a sudden he's losing a ton of draws when, you know, I'm talking to Brian Boyle earlier last week and he's saying that the guy is one of the strongest faceoff guys in the league, that he just, he's impossible to beat in that area. And all of a sudden he's getting whooped. But either way, yeah, this is where we're going to have to see the Leafs' defensive depth come up. I just, I do think that Toronto showed all season long that they are a good quality defensive team, and and I, I wonder stylistically here, does, as much as the Panthers seem vulnerable with the goaltending and their their blue line depth, right? Because it just seems like yeah, they got three really good defensive players and then three that are pretty suspect. Doesn't it feel like Toronto's best path to victory here is for this to be more of a clogged up series?
3: Yeah, no, I definitely think so. I think Florida tried to do the exact opposite against Boston, which I really respect. They just said, you know what, we're not gonna, we're not gonna try to trap and and joke up these games against the Bruins. Like you know the way we've seen so many teams do it against the Leafs over the past years, the way Columbus played them, the way the Habs played them, it was just like let's just hang back and counter. They didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. They were like, let's go for it. I I think that has to be the Panthers path to success. though. they know their defense isn't that good. And um, any single one of them there would be lying if they said that they trusted their goaltending situation. So for them, it's like, gun it up. The interesting thing though, is like, we all just assume the Leafs are going to be better five on five, but like they weren't good five on like they weren't good five on five against Tampa. They routinely got outplayed. And Florida was like one of the best five on five teams in the league in terms of like controlling play and, and like scoring chances, there's a part of me that says, I think they could tilt on the power play more than anything. Yes. And I'm, I'm actually very curious how it goes on five on five.
0: <laughs> yeah. this I think this is one of the biggest points of interest for me in the entire series and the biggest, I would say fear of Tampa. And it obviously involves their forward group and it clearly does involve their five on five play throughout the regular season. But it was that Toronto had really a tough time breaking the puck out in that series against Tampa Bay. And they did not deal with the forecheck well at times. And, and you saw how Tampa was basically able to establish offensive zone pressure while Toronto's inability to break the puck out hurt their ability to go down to the other end and, and establish offensive zone time. And I do wonder how you think that's going to translate in this series. The Panthers forecheck and their offense versus, yeah, the Leafs' ability to kill plays and break it
3: out. You know, Bourne had an interesting thread on, on this last night, and I'm, I'm not sure if you saw it on Twitter, know. and it was about the forechecking, and, and he was like, well, it wasn't really the forecheck, it was like the neutral zone. And generally speaking, I'd agree, but what I'd also add to that is it wasn't the forecheck because the Leafs just invited them into their zone so often that they literally did not have the forecheck. But there were a number of times when they would just get it in deep, especially early to start games, and they would forecheck and just turn it over. The fact that we didn't see it all the time was more of a byproduct of how generous the Leafs were in allowing them to just skate into the zone anyways. So I I think it's kind of almost a pick your poison, but if the Leafs are going to hang back to the level that they did, I mean, I know they won the series. They got outscored on five at five on five. And I just, I still don't understand why they played that way for the vast majority of the series. Like they really didn't need to, I I similarly looked at Tampa's defense and kind of felt the same way I feel about Florida. It's like, there's one good pairing. There's another good defenseman somewhere in there. Mm. And then there's a bunch of guys that, you know, Darren Radish actually played really well. So kudos to him. Like he actually did, but you know, Zach Bogosian played most of the series. Like they should have, they should have annihilated that, right? Like some of these guys, like Nick Pervix played the whole series. Like they should have, they should have annihilated that. Like, I, I don't know how they didn't take advantage of some of those situations. So I watched Florida and it's to your question about like that forecheck, like, how's that going to play out? That's the biggest thing is like, they come in three waves and if they're just continually coming down and looking dangerous and Ryan O'Reilly's bang up on the third line, like suddenly it becomes a bit more of a series, right? Like I think if anything, Florida will sit there and be like, we want to play this series five on five too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah again that that's the the fear is that so much of this you go why didn't that strategy change as the series went on when it wasn't working but you're i think a little bit you've got you should have a little bit more confidence i hope anyways as a leaf player that some of the things that you did see with those plays might have been related to confidence and gripping the sticks too tight and yes the fear of being eliminated in a first round series like there there is something to the belief here that they are going to look a bit different just with that little bit of a change. I, I know you mentioned that they don't feel like the job's done, but that's the way that you'd be looking at it from the standpoint of, yeah, you're going to see a more confident group this time around than than the one forward. But I, I guess like that's sort of the question to you is, do you think that the Leafs make adjustments to that strategy in this series? Because they do have their head coach saying that it is going to be a similar type of team that they're seeing. And so if it's a similar type of team and we're talking about the way that they allowed Florida to enter, or sorry, the Tampa Bay lightning to enter the zone logic would dictate that you would see an adjustment in this series.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think so. I'm, I'm still trying to sort out why they did didn't uh, against Tampa. Like, I guess they were sitting there going, well, we were up three one and uh, maybe we were right there. The funny thing is against Florida, like the worst thing that could happen is just consistently close games, right? Like mm-hmm. if, obviously if the Leafs are up then that's, that's awesome for them. Like there are multiple goals, but also if they're down against Florida early, I wouldn't necessarily be concerned. Like, I think that's the hardest thing to do against the Leafs. It's to just like neutralize them defensively. If you have a lead, like mm-hmm. We saw it with Tampa. It's like we're up a couple goals. We're going to play defense. The absolute worst idea against Toronto. Because like if, if there's one thing they can do, it's mount a comeback <laughs> while teams are hanging back defensively. So at five on five, I'm a little bit more curious if they. I think they might possibly still look at Florida's defense and say it's a worse group than um, Tampa's, which I would agree with. Although I do actually think that Forsling Ekblad pairing is legit. Mm-hmm. I think they might look at it and say, they're not that good. Like, we need to get a little bit more aggressive. And if they're going back and reviewing their own tape and really being honest about it, they should have been more aggressive against Tampa as well. So I would like to think that they push up the ice a little bit more. I just, the defenseman constantly standing like a foot inside the blue line was stunning to me. Like, they didn't do that all season. Mm-hmm. That was a complete stunner to me. I, going into the series, I thought, the Leafs are going to try to take advantage of this defense. Tampa never effectively replaced Ryan McDonough. They have two young kids in there that have never played a playoff game. And then it was like first shift of the playoffs, Darren Radish glided through the neutral zone, like took zero strides, gained the blue line, and got a shot on net. It was a completely harmless shot, but it was just the principle alone that Darren Radish was able to float through the neutral zone in the playoffs in Toronto and get a free shot. So, like, it, you know, if you're asking what's the right thing to do, it would be to push everybody up the ice slightly, pressure Tampa uh, Florida's defense more, and get on them and get them to make the kind of mistakes we know they're capable of making. Yeah. Whether I think that's going to happen, I don't know. Like at this rate, it's it's like they didn't do it for you know six games against Tampa. Are, are they going to change now?
0: Yeah, I, I have to believe that there is going to be some adjustment. That the reasons that they did it against Tampa. It It's just a conservative approach across the board, right? Like there's, there, there can be tentativeness amongst the coaching staff and amongst the players. And I think you even saw that with Keith's unwillingness to put bunting in for game five because they won the game before, right? And doing the whole, we're rolling this thing over. Um, the lack of putting Matthew Nyes in for game one. I, I do think that they 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 did show their hand a little bit sometimes that we want to try to win this conservatively. The way they ended up winning the series, it it worked. And so I, I just don't think that that's going to apply to the Panthers. My hope is is that they feel like they can be more aggressive against that team and that their path, to victory here shouldn't be as complicated where they need to try and win these games playing that way, that it should be more of a forceful, Hey, it's the Panthers. You are better than this team. You finished how many points ahead of this team go out there and take it from this team. And that the coaching staff reflects that a little bit more. So where do you think Toronto has the biggest advantage in this series?
3: It's definitely defense. Yeah. I I don't think it's close, right? Like I think the Leafs are seven, possibly eight deep. You know, I know, I know guys had mixed bag series and completely understand that, but I, I think the Leafs definitely have, I think anyone in their, in their, basically their group of top seven could effectively have a game where they play in the top four and Florida doesn't have that, right? Like, like Josh Mahara is like a literal sixth defenseman. Like he's barely playing mm-hmm. I, like, I actually like Radko goodness, like he, like just in terms of like some of the things that he brings, like, I think he's a fine enough third pairing defenseman, but like to have Mahura, Gudis and Mark Stahl, I mean, like, there's a lot there that you could take advantage of. Montour's had a great year. He is really good offensively. He has a little bit of jam defensively and he can fly around, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, he scares me. Yeah. But like defensively, does he scare me? No, no
0: but he scares right, me like, with those forward groups when they gain the zone and yeah they have yeah. an opponent him then and he's up there running the point I'm I'm always scared of Montour I always feel like he's going to make something happen and yeah that's because his year has basically been like I should have probably looked at this but like what his shooting percentage is it just feels like yeah he has had the the golden touch this year that that everything seems to be working for him he's just having one of those seasons but yeah I agree with you it's got to be the blue line and this has to show up here and again this is probably one of the reasons I feel most confident about it is Toronto looks like they're getting good goaltending at the right time and this this whole season was predicated on them being able to play better defensively. And I, I just think that they're going to be able to do that in this series, that they're going to be able to impose their or dictate their style of play on Florida and then still have the top-end talent to take advantage of where Florida is weak. And so hopefully that results in a series where, yeah, Toronto is just clearly, clearly, clearly the better team. But, yeah, there are definitely the X factors in this one. Tampa obviously has game breakers themselves. They've got some confidence after winning that last series – And yeah, Toronto showed some troubling signs, like you mentioned about their, their stylistic play and how vulnerable they could end up being to Florida's four check. Like, is is this basically the broad strokes of the series here?
3: Yeah. The other thing too, of note there, I was going to add is like, I think we're, we're both, I think most people would agree again, that, that Florida Panthers do have like one legitimately good defensive pairing. Mm -hmm. And to that note, and I know it doesn't look like he's doing it right now. And I hope that's the case, but like, if you play Matthews and Marner together and Ryan O'Reilly's playing with a broken finger, whatever it is on the third line, it's like, how dangerous are the Leafs really going to be beyond that top line? Like, yeah. that's the kind of thing to me that plays into Florida's hands. Like, like Maurice would be thrilled. I'm sure you would be like, all right, we're going to put our top pairing out against their top two players and Alex Barkoff's going to go out at center. And I'm not saying that that's advantage Florida or that they can fully shut them down or anything, but then, you know, it's back to that pattern of, all right, like it's basically going to be on Matthews and Marner to win this series mm-hmm. going head to head against Florida's best. Like that's the kind of thing that I think Florida would like. And if again, if Brian O'Reilly's hurt, and I hope he can, I'm sure he's going to play through it and he's a vet and he's going to figure out ways to contribute. I don't think he's going to be a net negative all of a sudden but if he's not contributing and he can't shoot and can't take face offs and like not offensively. Yeah. Like, like Florida center group, I think is a little bit underrated. Like Sam Bennett is really a really good. good player. Yeah. Like playoff Bennett is a real thing.
0: Absolutely. It is. I've been saying and that I feel like Sam Bennett, everyone's doing the Kachuk thing of, Oh, Toronto's going to hate Kachuk, right? That's in all the group chats. But in actuality, that Sam Bennett is going to be the... Like, he's the true villain. That he's the... The reveal was... It was never Kachuk. It was always Sam Bennett. And he's going to be the guy that people in Toronto hate. Like, if if there was a... If you could bet on this, like, who's going to be the most hated player... Kachuk would obviously be the heavy betting favorite. And I'd be going, hey, there's a ton of value on Sam Bennett being the most hated player. We really need to focus on Sam Bennett plus 560 because this number is just not in line with who he is as a guy. No, I you know, it's funny though, you mentioned Florida does have underrated guys because their season definitely flew under the radar and Toronto beat the brakes off them. And they just seemed for a long time like they were going to be an irrelevant team. But the the most interesting guy to me actually is Kachuk is awesome, man. And he's just like, uh, he's obviously going to have a major impact on this series. And yes, Sam Bennett has been brought up now as the underrated guy on their team. And actually, I think that Verhage has sort of stolen the, the Panthers player that is the most underrated and people don't know about guy, right? So, 42 goals. Yeah, exactly, right? That's, that's it. 40-goal score and nobody really knows who he is outside of some highlight packs. But it does feel like out of all the most under-the-radar guys now, it's Barkov who used to have the mantle of this is the most underrated player in the NHL, right? It was, would you rather have Barkov than Matthews used to be? A real conversation the hockey hipsters would have. And now all of a sudden it's like, he feels like the, what forward is he in terms of the conversations that are happening about this series? And to, to that, I'm just going to ask, why, why do you think that is?
3: Well, I think people just associate them with the with Kachuk now, and they don't even play on the same line together. Yeah. So when you watch them, like, I think people are so naturally drawn to Matthew Kachuk and, and everything he's doing because he is so good. Like, again, he's a top 10 player in the league. Like he's, he's amazing. Uh, I mean, so I think Matthews and Marner are too, just to, to give some credit, but yeah, Barkov has just kind of flown under the radar and he just, um, he's not asked to carry as much. I find this happens with really good players that are on what were previously really bad hockey teams is they hit a point where they're asked to do so much. And because their team is so bad that they really, really stand out. It's almost like Matthews this year, right? Like Matthews didn't need to get 60 this year. Like you often watch him in the regular season and, and he was just pasting himself. We'll call it like, that's what he looked like. Yeah. And yeah, and Barkoff maybe probably did that for the first half of the season until they really needed to go on the run to make it. And Kachuk went like absolutely nuts in that second half of the season. Yeah. Um, and so Barkoff, I think, has kind of fallen under the radar. But like, he's a really good center. And I, like, you know, we just said, like, I think if the Leafs were to stack up their lines, that's the best thing that Florida could probably hope for in terms of, okay, then we can just, we have guys that we feel comfortable with in that role like, i'm not saying barkoff will beat matthews i'm not even necessarily saying matthews will beat Barkov, but i think florida will feel reasonable in that matchup whereas when we were watching them play boston mm-hmm. like Krejci and bergeron were hurt like pavel zaka was in their top two centers like mm-hmm. you know he would be the least fourth line center yeah i, I really do think man, i might say put him on the wing and have david can't stay at four c
0: yeah, I, I really do think that one of the things in this series is going to be, you know, to like going back to what you first mentioned, which is Kachuk was the best forward in that last series by a, quite a decent margin. And yeah, for Toronto to win this one and to kind of establish that next step and really to feel like this year is going to be not just, hey, this was a good step forward or whatever the hell we're going to frame it as if they lose, but Matthews has to be the best player in the series. Like... He and Marner to, if they're the best two forwards and they basically leave no doubt with that, I just don't think Florida has a shot. I, I just don't. I think if those two guys can impose their will in this series, everything in Toronto is going to be fine. And yeah, people are going to be wondering
3: about round three, um, man, the article is great. you think Matthew showed that, that sort of start to like drive. I mean, I think he he's did. shown it in flashes in previous years, but like he had every game he'd have some shifts this year where or in the sorry in the series where mm-hmm. he'd be like give me the puck and get out yeah. of my way
0: i thought he unlocked something in game 4 and that from game 4 onward essentially he was just a different guy and you saw flashes of it throughout the series but yeah when when he led that comeback against Tampa. uh, I think that that changed to, he was essentially of the rest of the series. And like he, I I do think that he is going to, yeah, basically be able to replicate what he did in the last round against Tampa Bay. I I see no reason why he can't score another, you know, five goals in six games against uh, the Florida Panthers, that blue line and some combination of Lyon and Bobrovsky. Um, Anthony Petrelli, again, the article is up on Maple Leafs hot stove. Go follow him on Twitter. He's a great follow. He writes for Yahoo as well. Thanks for making time today, buddy.
3: Thanks for having
0: me. See you, pal. Uh, there he goes, Anthony Petrelli. I'm going to take a very quick break. Subscribe to this podcast, Leave 5 Stars, do all those things. We're going to do a podcast-only portion of the show today. Uh, a quick one for the true fans of the show. Uh, follow on Twitter and Instagram. Go like the content over there. And then, yeah, Leafs talk tonight right after the game. S- really well supported. I really am so grateful for everybody that has supported Leafs talk because it's, it's been way more successful so far in this run like, we always said, hey, if the Leafs could just go on a run, if we could just see what the content is like, if the Leafs actually go on a run. And I can tell you this, Leafs fans, okay? Everyone always said, oh, people like Leaf content more when they lose. That's The, the media wants the Leafs to lose for the content. I can promise you, based on the numbers, that is not the case. <laughs> <laughs> you can – that is one conspiracy theory that can – absolutely go away now we know the difference between the two the winning and the losing and what it does in terms of the numbers and what the media would want yeah. and i can i'm here to tell you a little industry secret Shh. keep it yourself everybody in media wants them to win bad <laughs> everybody around this city that does any kind of content around the toronto police is desperately rooting for them to continue to go on so yeah uh just put that one under your hat keep it to yourself don't tell anybody but next time Conspiracy Joe shows up at the office and starts railing about how the media wants the team to lose, uh, yeah, just <laughs> go take some of the numbers are public. You can just go look at the YouTube numbers for Leafs Talk on wins we'll versus losses. Yeah, uh, yeah. you might Likes. notice you might you notice a, a pretty striking trend. Anyways, quick break. Let's come back. Ugh, ugly one for the Jays yesterday, and then uh, also horrifically ugly one for the Botano Best Bet. That's next. Sportsnet 590, the fan. All right, so confession, time, because you know I tell the truth. I <laughs> uh, just said it to the guys during the break a little bit. So I'm trying to, I'm trying out this new skin of confidently fan, of not afraid. Like, Da-na-na-na-na. I'm afraid of no ghosts. You know, <laughs> like that's my move right now. Yeah. And the Leafs should be better than Florida, right? They're yes. series favorites. They should beat the Florida Panthers. But I and and I read Petrella's piece. I have read everybody's reviews, and I watched I watched most of that series, Boston and Florida. And my biggest takeaway was being more unimpressed with Boston than it was impressed with Florida. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, Florida had awesome moments in that series. They deserve credit for stuff in that series, Kachuk specifically, right? But I kept watching them going, man. Boston is beat up. Their forwards are just not. It, it, this isn't the Bruins from the regular season. Mm -hmm. And yeah, watching Bergeron and Marchand in that game seven and how frustrated Marchand was, it was just, it was very apparent that they, they didn't make it to the finish line as a healthy team. And that's such a huge component of the Stanley cup playoffs. And it was such a big component of who the Bruins were and why they went all in is because they knew that those guys did not have a lengthy shelf life. So they needed to try to capitalize in the moment. He was right. Orlov was actually brilliant in that series. Mm -hmm. I kept thinking, oh my God, that guy, they got (laughs) to find a way to bring him back if they, if they can He's just such an important piece. But their biggest names, Bergeron, Marchand, they weren't there. Mm-hmm. Pasternak wasn't the best forward in the series. And their goaltender, who was, you know, Conn Smythe guy, or, or was Conn Smythe favorite. Uh, but, sorry, Conn Smythe favorite, but yes, Vesna guy, mm-hmm. was dreadful in the series and completely fell apart. And was also hurt. Like, they were talking about him not being able to play in some of these games. That being said, the leaf fin that is broken in me just we were talking about all the Florida guys and he was like, Reggie scored 40 goals and Barkov's pretty good. Now Sam I'm just Bennett sitting Bennett here underrated. like I'm so afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I know, hard, I'm here. I think get I, ready for playoff Bennett. <laughs> I think Adam. I jinxed it. <laughs> yeah. No, don't slip back yeah, into it. it. <laughs> <laughs> don't slip back it's into it. It's my fault. <laughs> That's going to be me if they lose game one. Your clip yesterday yeah. is just going to completely, yeah, yeah, completely rubbed back in my face. <laughs> going go to hiding for the next I don't know. Eight years <laughs> emerge, <laughs> like uh, uh, the guy in what was that show? Guy look, that looks like Simon, redhead. <laughs> he's getting. I don't, I don't know. Oh uh, uh, man, he was. uh what's that? it's Claire Danes, and the guy shows up. He was oh. a prisoner of war. He was a POW for like eight years, and yeah, he yeah, returns. Yeah. And he's not. They're not sure if he's an insider or a how Homeland. Yeah. Homeland. It was started so hot and then it went so off the rails. Oh, crap. I'll do my Blue Jays stuff in the podcast only portion because I have uh, many Blue Jays thoughts actually off of yesterday's game. But now it's time for Best Bets brought to you by Botano Sportsbook, the 2022 global sports betting operator of the year. I got smoked yesterday and it was horrible because Jalen Brown was eight of 10. Mm -hmm. He was two points off of our over and just they Jason Tatum <laughs> greedy guts wouldn't let him touch the ball i was losing my mind he had 23 points he was sitting there with like 5 minutes left to play yeah. in a tight game i'm going we've got to hit this my brother and i are in on it going you got it and then one bucket but then i go okay jamal murray save this Jamal Murray started one of 11. He was completely broken. <laughs> he just, he went from the most confident guy in the first game of the series, back-to-back 30-point games at home, to just a shell of himself, <laughs> unable to score a single basket. I will say that that series in big-time trouble for Phoenix. They just, and now Chris Paul left the game. They just don't have players. I don't know why T-Ross can't play. Free T-Ross. Anyways, today's best bet. I'm going to the Yankees game. Two really good pitchers. I'm going under in the first five. I can't believe I'm betting on Garrett Cole, but that's where we're at. <laughs> under in the first five. That was best bets brought to you by Betano Sportsbook. The game starts now. Subscribe to the podcast. Go over there for the rest of the show. All right, podcast only portion of the show. I'm living in fear that I cursed it. It's all my fault. And I'm still <laughs> all the demons are still real for me. Uh, you know why? Because uh, this is the this is the other part of it. I thought in speaking to earlier, I say, hey, there's no way that the Leafs get embarrassed by Florida or whatever. And then I realized, previewing the series, I do feel how I feel. Leafs should beat these guys, no questions asked. Florida can be a good team or a plucky team or whatever the hell. Toronto is in an all-in season. The goal is to win a Stanley Cup. And if you beat the Lightning and then you lose in round two, that scenario he outlined, if we were doing like the seven circles of hell, that is the way that you would, if this was hell, okay, <laughs> if this was hell, no, you wouldn't give the least the joy of the first round because you it's like reprieve. Mm-hmm. But also it would be like if you wanted to add to the existential crisis and really tear the fan base apart, it would be have that win and then get smoked by, <laughs> by, in by the next round. Yeah, like no, like but you get said, em-
2: you couldn't pick a better opponent. Yeah, yeah. get
0: embarrassed by the Panthers, the, the team that you would have picked. If, if they were doing the draft that everyone wants, right? The, hey, you pick your opponent Top draft. seed picks the opponent. They would have fought over Florida. Everybody would have won in Florida. <laughs> And now I feel like, yeah, Toronto gets embarrassed by them, and you go, now what? Is Dubas fired? Do they trade a core guy? All the questions just the are The questions just, are right back they're, immediately. They're, exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It, come, exactly. it comes you to you light lose that. the
2: series? Like, what? What do you mean by embarrassed?
0: Yeah. If they lost in, like, five... It, here's the thing. If they got... If they played the way that they did against Tampa, and they lost the series, people wouldn't be doing the... They, they played a crafty style of hockey game, you know? Because... Yeah. I think Anthony's right in that there's there's a lot of people out there that are doing the Tampa thing of yo they they had to play conservative they played road games because they won all their games on the road
2: mm-hmm.
0: like Toronto should have played better at home in this series there's just no doubt about it yeah they lost two games at home and they were really conservative and there were mo the, the biggest takeaway from the series was that they absolutely got out coached yes. And Sheldon Keefe gets all the credit because he put bunting back in the lineup. They're like, he put the guy who's in his top six back in the lineup. And they went 11 and seven. It was a ballsy choice. It was a ballsy choice. No doubt about that. But it also backfired for big portions of the game. And they definitely got lost on the bench a few times, a.k.a. when uh, the Leafs blew the lead in the third period. Mm-hmm. And Gustafson was out on the ice yeah. with nice, and they all
2: cheated to the left side of yeah, the ice. Man. And then
0: Stamkos was wide open. Ex- and against Tampa's top guys. Exactly. The point is, is that if they have that conservative style against Florida, they get completely outplayed, but then they end up losing. We are going to retroactively go and look at stuff like that. So, anyway, I'm done with that. I'm staying <laughs> I'm staying with hyper-positive about the Leafs. Yeah, yes. Come on. They're the better I, team. I just, yeah, they are the better team. They're the team, better team. And they should whoop ass, okay? <laughs> and they should be, in Florida, afraid of Matthews, Marner, and Nylander, Tavares, as much as any Florida fan or Leafs fan is afraid of Verhage, Barkov, Kachuk, Bennett. Verhage, any... Leafs legend? What do you mean?
2: He was drafted in 2013 yeah, by know. the
0: Leafs. I know. But, dude, they had... <laughs> a tro- and Toronto kid, too.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and, and then he th- kicked Boston. I know. Out. Beautiful story.
0: <laughs> I know. Toronto has a couple of those ones with Florida where it's yeah. a tough history of whoopsies. Marchmont was the... Guy uh, before him where they threw him in the trade for I think it was the Little Fella, right? No. The little Fella? Yeah.
2: Are you referring to Lomberg?
0: No. Uh <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying that Toronto got back for Marchman in the deal from Florida.
2: I'm gonna look right now.
0: Was I wanna say uh, it was the it was the guy that played in Colorado this year. He started the season. I can't Dennis believe it's Yes, Maligan, that's it. The little fella. Yeah, so the little
2: fella. <laughs>
0: yeah, little
2: Traded back in 2020. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Lomberg, because he's, no, all, he's no, no. always Lombard the guy that you the call man.
0: That. I, He's a huge loss for them. I didn't include yeah. him in the series preview, but he's hurt. But that's a guy who, man, you're going to sleep a little better as long as he's out of there. Because if for those of you that I reference at the top of the show who are so afraid of hitting, <laughs> Lomberg is a... He runs into everybody. He's a hitter, 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 and he's just the size where it's like he can't hit thirty because he's too short. So he just <laughs> rushes guy. <laughs> guys' chest cavities in. But no, he's a beast. He's an absolute beast. Uh, and yeah, I hope he doesn't play at all in the series. I like it when guys are healthy, but don't show up here. Hit <laughs> he 149 on
2: hits this year. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, don't need to see him. Do not need to see him. Okay. So some Blue Jays thoughts. They lose to Boston, and. It's ugly because whenever Romano blows it, it just feels bad. It feels ugly. I'm going to start with the positive thing, which is Nate Pearson hit 100 on the gun. And what did I say? What when when did I say when I first saw Pearson? I went, yo, I want to see you actually hit the 100. And I want to see it feel like, man, that was nasty. That was a different kind of level of gas. That was that. He hit it. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect outing for Nate Pearson. He gave up a... Who, I think it was the catcher. It was a... A, like a lower down the lineup sort of bummish Red Sox who I thought got a, is it Reese McGuire on their team? Is that who it was? Is yeah, on team, Yeah, yeah, it was Reese McGuire I thought yep. got a hold of it and was going to go yard on Nate and it was going to be a really embarrassing moment for him because yeah, Reese McGuire takes you bridge and ends <laughs> the game on you. It wasn't going to be good for the kid the kid's confidence. But no, he was blowing batters away and I, I'm pretty sure, I, I don't have, to, I'm just going to guess. This is a guess. I swear to God I haven't seen this. I bet you he made pitching ninja with the, some of those strikeouts. Like, it was nasty. It was nasty enough that it was notable, and I went, good, man, because they actually, I've, I'll i keep saying it, Blue, Blue Jays bullpen with the bass bas, essentially being a write-off right now. Mesa uh, uh taxation of some of those top guys, they really need another arm, and they definitely need a strikeout arm that can overpower guys. Was I right about him making pitching ninja? You were. No. Oh, I, see Azo the, I, see, says I see the no. clip right here. Pitching oh. Ninja
2: was posted 949 yesterday.
0: Azo. Bad. Jobo. Good. Azo's my baseball guy, too. I too much credit lately. Azo <laughs> is my baseball guy, so I looked at him first, and I forgot Jobo is my research guy, <laughs> and that Simon didn't even look. I'll give yeah, no, I was just, I was just sitting no. there. Simon yes. didn't even. Nate Pearson he, he did. Did it move? Cake. Simon's no. hands are <laughs> legitimately behind the chair. Simon is just hands behind the back. He's like, I'm yeah, just chilling. Jobo's
1: right. I missed it. Too. Yeah.
0: Hey, there you go. He was on Pitching Ninja. Thank I God he it. confirmed it.
1: I just like yeah. that take, by the way, measuring a guy's a guy's stuff by whether or not he shows up on Pitching Ninja. Yeah. That's great. It's
0: a good, it's a, a good great measurement. way to do it. it is a good measurement. I'm telling you. Yeah. It's a good one. Okay. Um, now for the negative. Brandon Bell. Boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. He got lifted from the game against a right-handed pitcher. He is the bat they brought in who hits from the left side. <laughs> uh <laughs> He's got, like, Kevin Biggio hit a double in that game, and Kevin Biggio's hitting, like, one-something. 111, I want to say. 122. 122. Yeah. Boy, not great. Better than 111. (laughs) Well, also, Brandon Belt has now, he's hitting 161 with an OPS of 509. Yeah. As someone who they brought in here purely to be a bat. And I hate to say a toteso, but I freaking toteso. All the people that were freaking out about how good he was in, what was it, 2020? Two seasons ago. Yeah, I went, all right. And, yeah, 2021, he was really good, too. Yeah. And, yeah, he got hurt, and he's old.
1: Yeah, when you're old and hurt, that's the that's the bad combo.
0: Yeah, and just people <laughs> went, but he says he's feeling good now, and that there's no, here's the thing. He did. He said, I feel better now. There's no injury excuse, essentially. Him and Kiermaier both. Kiermaier came out and looked like young Kiermaier, and you went, okay, he, one for two, I guess, kind of. Oh, but the belt thing is a real problem because mm-hmm. if you take that bat of the lineup, you see it. They need Kirk to hit, but yep. he's a catcher. They're having their two catchers, one of the which has been pretty injury prone in his career, and Danny Jansen mm-hmm. taking a little bit more of a stress load. They don't have a bench bat because this guy can't hit a lick, and they gave him nine million dollars. He wasn't some just lottery ticket, nothing get rid of him money. Yeah. He was a real consequential player. And so it just, it all of a sudden feels like that year when they were trying to search for Rowdy and they got Vogelbach and they were just kind of searching for that lefty bat. Now it feels like they're going to have to go back into that territory of mm-hmm. searching and praying. I went, I made fun of it going, I don't know, this signing feels a little bit Travis Shaw to me. And now all of a sudden I'm wishing he was Travis Shaw. <laughs> I prayed for him to be Travis Shaw. <laughs> what a flip. <laughs> anyway, Brandon Bell just awful and just some of the that yeah, bats. Here's the thing. You can watch some guys process, right? And go, oh, okay. This is going to come around or this is going to get better. I don't see it. He just looks old. He looks like the bat speed is slow and he's just not the guy that he used to be. Do I think it can get if he plays a full season, it's going to be better than hitting 161. Sure. I think mm-hmm. his OPS might be up from 509, but maybe it lands where it was last year, which 676. Yeah, which is not good enough. That's not why they gave him $9 million, was to be a sub 700 OPS guy mm-hmm. as a stick. Problem. Yeah. Number two problem. The other lefty, Varsho, who I am finally willing to reveal privately, only to the podcast audience, that I have started calling him in the text Varsho for four because <laughs> oh. he is an automatic out. And he's had these timely hits, like he walked them off the other night and yep. he started the game with a walk yesterday and mm-hmm. he started the season red hot. But again, when the Blue Jays made this trade, yeah, people who will defend the trade will continuously tell you they traded for his defense and his base running and his baseball smarts. And I'm going, yeah, okay. They didn't trade their top prospect. To get a guy who's just playing defense and smart base running. You know what you do for that? You sign it in free agency and it's called Kevin Kiermaier and it doesn't cost you Gabriel Moreno and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Mm-hmm. And right now, uh, 572 OPS for Dalton Varsho, yep. And again, some really non-competitive at bats. That's the scary part. When they traded for him, the idea was uh, there's upside with the bat here. People went, we're not sure he's as bad against lefties as his history indicates. And he's a power hitter against righties. He's going to have that power alley at the Rogers center that he's going to take advantage of. He's hitting the middle of the lineup a lot. Okay. He's hit cleanup for the blue Jays. The blue Jays clearly think that they did not trade for a guy to be like, Oh, he's our defensive specialist, seventh hitter culture guy. No, they got him because he's cheap, controllable. And they were supposed to be upside with the bat. The, the defensive stuff was a certainty. Mm-hmm. Like that was the floor for this player. Yeah. So right now they're seeing the floor of the floor again, positive regression is going to happen with Dalton Varsho for four, but yeah. This is not a great start, man. Yeah. He has got to be better. Right now, those are the most troubling signs for the Blue Jays that are showing up, which is they're, they're really missing middle-of-the-order bats that you feel great about. Mm-hmm. Right now, I did my confidence rankings yesterday, right? I do my confidence rankings as just me. When I watch the Blue Jays, who, in descending order, do I want up in a big spot? Right now, number one, clearly Bo. Mm-hmm. Two is Chapman, even though Chapman's been hard. It's just Bo yesterday, five for five. Yeah, unbelievable. Just when when Bo is red hot, there's nothing like it. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like he makes it look in. easy. He's automatic. Yeah. yeah, and he won't even let you walk him because he's just I'll swing everywhere, <laughs> I'll get a piece, I'll, I'll put hit it, it no matter what. Yeah, I love it. It's he actually. It's funny that. We have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. on the Blue Jays because Bo is actually more like Vlad Senior sometimes, where he's the one that's just like reaching and poking stuff and making hits all over the field. And you go, damn, I love you, dude. That's an <laughs> awesome hitter. So statue soon. Bo one, Chapman two, Vladdy three. Springer. No, I went quiet. Yeah. Springer's clearly four. Yeah. It's gotta be, right? Yeah. Pedigree. Has to be. But then five, you're into either Kirk or Merrifield. Oh boy. That is not ideal. (laughs) Kirk, fine-ish. He's still drawn a ton of walks. Got that awesome strike zone. He's basically Bagwell, but not hunched over. He's just (laughs) that size. (laughs) He's just that. (laughs) He's not being deceptive. He's just a little guy. Uh, (laughs) But then, yeah, for Merrifield to be that high. Merrifield's been awesome. But then you get after that, and it's like Kiermaier, and then you go, hey, who's beyond those guys? And you go, no one of note. Yeah. There's no other guy that you even feel like, who are you going to put there in the conference rankings? Varsho fines, five belt. Like who do you want up?
2: Varsho's got five hits in his last 49. at
0: Yeah, man, it's been bad. It's been pretty tough. So yeah. yes, there will be positive aggression. That's why I've been very, very slow. Baseball seasons are long. Haven't had to focus on it. But last night was just one of those ones where there were some at bats where you're going, what yeah. the hell was that dude? Yeah. What, what was that? That was nothing. That was non-competitive. There's a difference between a good at bat where you get out. There's a difference between bad luck it's why we have certain statistics to determine what that is. But, yeah, we have our babbits, We have our hard hit rates, right? <laughs> Dalton Varshow right now, I'm just seeing a guy that's getting overwhelmed a lot and is looking a little lost at the plate. Anyway, those are the Blue Jays' thoughts. Mm-hmm. Bo, God, so good. And now Kikuchi night. Yay. Kikuchi night, your favorite night. night. Oh, yeah, dude, yeah. it's the best. That, is all the way up. I hate that he's against Leafs. This is Bassett night. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the
0: night yeah. that Bassett goes eight scoreless yeah, Bassett. with one hit. Yeah, dude, actually, that's a smart thing, is next time Bassett's up against the Leafs, we have to bet all the Bassett props. That's true. We have to do As that. As a
2: group, we collectively yeah, have Yeah, that's going to gonna
0: be our Botano best bet. Anyone, anyone listening? <laughs>
2: Regardless. Yeah. If Bassett ever plays on a Leafs night, you bet everything on Bassett yeah. because he will go seven scoreless.
0: Uh, all right, what did we miss? So...
2: Daryl Sutter was fired as the coach of the Calgary Flames yesterday. right? Wasn't everyone surprised? Were you that surprised? Considering all the smoke that was coming out of Calgary over the last couple months? I thought it would either be him or Trilliving, and clearly they're both gone now. Yeah, but... They're both
0: gone now, yeah. Dude. Uh, Players hating Sutter... Mm-hmm. isn't a new thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's yeah. not like, oh, wow, the lovable guy has lost the room. That was the appeal. He just got paid. What I think is actually the funniest thing about him getting fired is like, the next time Calgary hires him, does he just go back on that contract? like, <laughs> Or does he get another contract? Because he's clearly <laughs> going to be back. Calgary... What what's the over under on years before they turn to a sutter? Uh, two and a half, yeah, two yeah. and a half, yeah, <laughs> yeah. two and, and a half. Like, banging the under. Yeah, this, if they <laughs> go, with the, if they try to do the, we're not going. We're we're going with Brent. It's not the same. We're switching <laughs> it up. It's not. We, it, it's like the Oilers and Flames have their moves. They have their <laughs> dice moves of certain guys where they're like, yeah, we're bringing. Oh, it's like McTavish is gonna have a role. (laughs) What's MacT doing? That's it. The Sutters—it just—he's fired, but not really. He's just—it's kind of like Professor. Temporary breakup. Yeah, you just gone away for a little while. It's what is it? It's yeah, it's a separation, not a divorce. (laughs) Yeah, they're
2: going on a break.
0: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. His two-year
2: contract extension begins next year, so he—it's four million dollars a year for two years, so he's just getting that eight mil and walking and then coming back to Calgary.
0: It's it's crazy, (laughs) but it's it's true. All the drama that happened in Vancouver this year right Mm -hmm. they totally overshadowed how bad things were in calgary yeah and vancouver took all the bullets and it was what a disaster and the boudreaux stuff got so much pop because people love bruce and Mm -hmm. and vancouver became the the point of their loss because they're stuck in the middle and blah blah blah. calgary lost kachuk and johnny goudreaux a year after they were like the hottest team in hockey and had this brilliant goaltender Mm -hmm. their goaltender completely fell off (laughs) Their coach was pretty openly despised by a lot of the guys. They traded Kachuk for a player that kind of stunk for them.
2: Yeah, the player who came out and said that Mel Sutter just didn't. Click. Yeah, hated the coach. Yeah, the team.
0: I like, and then they gave him a big fat contract extension, and people thought that they won that trade. They went out and got Kadri. It's good, mm-hmm. but they missed the playoffs. They lost this year.
2: every close game.
0: Yeah, <laughs> seventeen the, all year.
2: overtime losses. Yeah. I saw and a lot so, of people saying that they won the trade after well, it happened. Yeah, that people a did. Lot people, people a lot they, of people yeah, thought they did well. Did.
0: Yeah. A lot of people thought they did That's really. what I
2: wondered if it was after seeing Kachuk
0: move on to the second round and then they say, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, that, this is the thing I'm, I'm telling you is Kachuk going deeper is just even more of a nightmare for them. Cause you're going, first of all, they got rid of the guy in Florida. That was a huge regular season winner for them. And then Florida could never get over the hump. And so Florida makes it now with the winner. And it's mm-hmm. like, and then Calgary sees that it wasn't that it could, could Chuck choke. Anyway, it's a bad look for them all <laughs> around. They just, Not they, had good. A, they had a nightmarish season. And I actually, yeah. I like Calgary. Like I jumped on the bandwagon in 04. All right. I was there. Nice. I may have even painted my face. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wait, yeah. you had the flames going or something like no, that? I think I actually, we did a thing where me and my buddies, went played. Man,
2: where's that confidence with the Leafs?
0: I know, me and my buddies went and played street <laughs> hockey uh, with flames, stuff painted on our backs. Like we did the. You like numbers painted run. on your backs? Yeah, yeah. Nah. And I was Regear.
2: Dude, nah. you think a skater on a Toronto news station maybe if you paint your face.
0: No, I d- we got on, we got on some, I can't remember. I think we actually got on APTN. Oh, nice. Pretty sure the fellas got on APTM. we are just <laughs> running around town, like playing street hockey, setting up different spots and up in the Flames gear. Did so you have like the run. C
2: on your chest too, painted?
0: I can't remember what the deal was, but no, Raguir wasn't the captain then. No, I, I mean like, like,
2: like the... Calgary logos.
0: Oh, the C, yeah, the, yeah. I thought you were just asking. I was like, yeah. No, 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 no. Sorry. I was, were, Joe Ball, I was like, thank you for the respect that you thought I was <laughs> captain, Joe. <laughs> I was Our referring to the gear, logo. Actually, that kind of shows you where I was in the pecking order of the squad at the time. <laughs> like, you yes. could just put a C on there. Nobody's yes. gonna say anything. There's a there's a hierarchy with that team, and he was not number one. <laughs> anyway, uh yeah, it's tough times for Calgary. Yeah. And all I could think of though is this, like this was a cliff Kingsbury of the NHL where you yeah. just gave a guy a contract extension. And you fire him. That it's a weird move. If I was the owner, I kudos to the owner. Mm. Yeah. Because I would never <laughs> like just eat. my money. Yeah. God, no, I'm the opposite with that stuff. Like if I spend money on something that sucks, I'm still getting the value out of it. Like I'm not a person that wastes groceries. Right. I'll make sure that the groceries get eaten in the fridge before I'm like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I'll let this rot and lose money. Are you kidding? No, <laughs> yeah. I'll eat it. And I hate it. I want to eat out. Like, I want to order out every single night. Right. Like That's me. So I, I'll not only hate cooking, but I hate my losing money suckerness more than anything. <laughs> like Well, I, n-
2: now, now that you said that, we need a uh, buyer's remorse story. Do you have anything... Oh. From the recent past?
0: Yeah, definitely. It's like...
2: Well, now I'm excited.
0: Uh, no, the I'm pain not.
2: on JD's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's going through the emotions he feels. I
0: over-contributed to my RRSPs. <laughs> mm. Oh. And I got like a notification about it. They were like, you, did, you over-contributed. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> I'll figure it out later. And it turns out it's actually a pretty heavy fine for that. <laughs> yeah. And it's not only a fine that's heavy. It's like you have to fill out documents and send them in by mail uh, to different uh, tax departments. Yeah, it's oh it's a night rot. So it's not Paper? only do I have to pay, it's a fine. And it's done with through paperwork. It's a nightmare. And so yeah, that's how that's how I feel is like I just ignored the warning sign and I went, nah, who cares? You ignored
2: the red flag. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it turned out to be bad for me. <laughs> turned really out to be a brick wall. You yeah, crashed into I know. It. I know. It was really tough. Was, I hated it. That's, I, 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 I don't want to talk too. about it anymore. But yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Can't can confirm taxes. Stupid. Again, you get paid. No, JD. No. Uh, two jobs. I got messed up this year, man. It's a
2: disaster.
0: It's an absolute disaster in the Mackey household. Can you ask a question, though? Do you guys think Mackey has anything organized? Like, do you think uh, Mackie, if you were going to so be we're like... we're finding this out on if, May if 2nd, we, dude. If, yeah, if 5% to... fine, too. <laughs> yeah, what yeah, the, the heck? Yeah. Austin, I love you, but no. <laughs> I, I was going to say, if there was a guy on planet Earth that I had to say, I'm not relying on having my stuff organized, Austin would maybe be number one. Oh, buddy, we're in good shape. Like, every Thursday Mac- and Friday, don't worry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's good. He's been better with the audio lately. (laughs) That's (laughs) <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all I can ask. I try to keep my boy on track and then let him spin off the track. Today, I can't even remember what he said, but he hit me with like 85 Austin stats. He lesbios. like rewrote history in like 45 different ways. <laughs> the, and cool. I went, you know, your brain remembered a bunch of chunks from a bunch of different <laughs> years and you slammed them all together in a one. It was like Trino, 2006, people, Latvia, Canada. No, people dude. have confused Switzerland and Latvia Bro, before it's happened. I swear to God. I swear to God, you're like Picasso, but with uh like stats, <laughs> just, that might be the nicest <laughs> you just, thing. You, it's abstract, yeah, is the, what you should say. Jackson Pollock. Austin stats. is abstract facts. It's the best. He's the man. Anyway, all right. Let's keep it moving. What's next?
1: Uh, Warriors-Lakers series. Oh yeah, kicks off tonight. This. Should yes. be a great one. You would kind of uh, they need it. This. Sorry,
0: they need it to be a great one. NBA yeah. playoffs stink now. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, it's a horror show. Stanley Cup playoffs rule. Jimmy Butler is hurt. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know if he's, I wanted to actually throw that in the best bets, but then I didn't know what to do with it because the Butler's thing was such a huge swing, mm-hmm. but it's like, look at it. We have Celtic or we have Celtics who blew it last night. Maybe that series is interesting. If Joel comes back and that game has a like massive consequence on the series, but I just have to figure like that was the ultimate Celtics blew it last night. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But even still that series, if Joel and not healthy and Boston doesn't clean that one out in five games, like they got the ultimate Harden game and they barely won. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, forty-five I, points. I, I'm not trying to disrespect the Sixers here and whatever, but yeah, uh, I'd be pretty shocked if that's an interesting series at this point. I'll mm-hmm. just say it with where Embiid is at injury status-wise. True. The next Heat series is '90s nostalgia, but it's a rock fight. Yeah, and if Jimmy's hurt, it it, it ruins it. The, the oh, latest
2: yeah. I've seen is he's still questionable
0: with the Yeah, echo. but I'm just saying. Did you watch that game? Did yeah. any watch yeah. it? He after didn't do anything, he yeah. turns after. his ankle and he's he's a statue. He yeah.
1: stood in the corner every yeah. place, and the mm-hmm. Knicks never went after him. No, somehow he
0: didn't move. It was bizarre. He yeah. didn't move, and so I I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I don't I don't know what Jimmy is going to look like. He's a warrior. He'll probably just be fine, but at least there's a threat to that series. And then the Nuggets Sun series, yeah, again, like the Nuggets just got a. Game from Jamal Murray, the second best scorer on the team where he was one of 11. What did he finish with, four points?
2: I'm it out. I think he finished with 10 points.
0: Okay, so great. He scored a bunch at the very yeah, end. Yeah,
2: he scored a couple at the end. I think he was three for 16. It was a really bad <sighs> game. It was three for
0: 16 they got from Jamal Murray. The Suns held them three to... Three for 15. They they held them to under 100 points,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and the Suns still lost. Yeah. And now Chris Pauls hurt. That series might be... Straight up done Gunso. in five and he six. He was
2: 0 for nine from three. Man, yeah,
0: I know. He was terrible. Chris like, <laughs> uh, Paul thing that, seemed I thought he hit at least one. No, no, At least Chris... And Chris Paul throughout the game actually was one of their better guys, hitting like mm. a bunch of mid-range shots, and yeah. he was playing well in the pick and roll, pick and pop, drilling them, yeah. kind of keeping them around. And then, yeah, just that sun scene does not look good. They just... it They they don't know... The, KD and Booker are just kind of taking turns. Yeah, they don't know how to play together, yeah. It, it feels like KD is not involved enough. Mm-hmm. And then, all of a sudden, it'll be... Uh, like, basically, they're relying on Booker being their alpha, which is fine, I guess. But, I, yeah, that's is that why you traded for KD? Yeah. And so there's this kind of, like, hey, it's your team. D- Book, you take it. And Booker's awesome. He's one of the best players in the NBA, one of the best scorers in the NBA. But it's, like, those two guys every single night are playing, like, 44, 45, 43 yeah. minutes. And then the guys K- around Katie them. A tough night yeah, because the night bench, bench is terrible. Like, Dude, campaign the
1: bench, la- last night was so painful
0: f- to watch. Their bench had four points total. Their, bench, their bench is a absolute nightmare. And that's what I'm saying. Free T Ross. I genuinely don't understand why T Ross can't get a look here. They're playing even at least like 15 minutes. They're playing. How is he not better than Damon Lee? The guy actually shot. He he was bad for them down the stretch, but it's like, give him a shot Mm -hmm. at this point. You know, you've got to just try things out. And to me, T Ross at least was a bucket at one point of his career. He was a 15 point a game guy. He was a six man kind of candidate floaty Mm aroundy kind of guy. So try him anyway. I just, the Suns. I have no faith in, any, so we need LeBron, Steph. Yeah, yeah we, do. Show so up. we do.
1: Let's get, you know, yeah. we're excited for it. It should yeah. be a good series. You had kind of brought this point up uh, yesterday. Like who's got more at stake legacy wise in this series between uh, Steph and Braun?
0: So it's hard for me because this is the way I look at it. LeBron, if he, like he actually has five titles potentially on the table here. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's bigger for LeBron in the sense of the stakes of winning another championship to me, it is, It's like if he's only there with Jordan yeah, yeah. and all of a sudden if he has as many rings as Kobe, if he has five championships and now he has two with the Lakers, one not inside the bubble, everyone pretty much clearly agrees that he's in some fashion, one of the best couple of players in the NBA, right? So you really got to be stretching to try to put him below other guys, but you can't even be a hot take artist anymore and have the Kobe over LeBron take if he's got five. And so I just feel like he just cements it with five. And he does have just a far more legitimate shot of having. He gets another summer cycle of I'm better than MJ. Let's not forget that MJ put out the Last Dance right after LeBron won the Bubble title because yep. he wanted everyone to make sure that this went away and that he was petty <laughs> about who was the goat. and Blah blah blah. There's. I don't think. LeBron, I don't think Michael has any other moves. <laughs> like, mm. to, uh, what's he going to do? Release a best up of come to off the bench for Charlotte. You know? sure. <laughs> what's Michael going to do? Yeah, exactly. Sell the <laughs> Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what his move is. So I do think that. There's a huge, there's a much bigger, just all time position thing that LeBron can have with five titles. Curry
2: also has five on the table, though.
0: Yeah, but he's got four. Yeah, but man,
2: I'm just saying. I'm just saying.
0: Curry will always have what Kobe had before we went nutso with it, which Mm. was being the second best player on a championship winning team. Kevin Durant was around for two of them. Durant won two chips, and it was they lost to the Cavs. Yeah. And then he went out and got the best guy. I'm just saying no one's confusing Steph Curry with Michael Jordan. Okay. Uh, That's fair. He's had a huge impact on the game, but I think that the Curry one is more interesting from the standpoint of like him and LeBron head to head.
1: That's what I was going to say. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's
0: like in this series, I actually think it's bigger for Steph because now he can look at it and go. So wait, I beat you in three finals. You got one. And now I beat you in a Western conference finals as we were both sort of aging players and pretty similar-ish roster talent around us, Mm -hmm. pretty similar-ish years, both in California. Steph has five series to one or sorry, four series to one on LeBron. God, I'm so bad at math. It's so embarrassing, (laughs) but it's like that, that, that kind of matter. Like that's a, that's a playoff. That's that's where I was going to, that's a best of seven between the two of them. Where Steph has four, one. And it's kind of like, boy, that's a uh, that's a that's a pretty conclusive beatdown. I was going to go there
1: too because, like, he, you know, Steph. Like you said,
0: like Steph's never going to have the all-time. Like, is he the best arguments? But no. like But if he does get five, I think he's in the top ten. Yeah. Like we're we're doing that for sure. For and sure. They, they tried to do that last year, and then everyone sort of chilled out because when you do look at the top ten, it's hard to pull guys out of there, right. even with Steph. Even though I think that there is a case for him in it, and I I do think that Steph. Like, he'll never have the cultural impact that Kobe had. But if you're telling me, like, I'm taking two careers of the entire thing, Mm -hmm. Steph has five, especially. I I don't know how you could have Kobe ahead of Steph, Well, the other
1: thing is that Steph's still, like,
0: he could still have
1: years to go. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. It's not like he's, like, his body's breaking down. He's... Still going to be the best shooter ever. It's only thirty four. Right yeah. The next, he's like, got,
2: and like w- with the way he plays too, he could play for like five more years mm, <laughs> and still yeah. be
0: effective. But uh, he's not dropping fifty for five more years. But no, anyways, that's no. fair. You're but, making the point, Simon, about who you think it's going to be.
2: No, I was just I
1: was just in agreement with you in terms of like step like the the legacy argument that you would have with Steph would come down to him versus LeBron. Right. And yeah. and the, just the head to head stuff. So I'm just kind of back and back. On yeah, you that, like,
0: that's it. It's like he puts himself in the conversation with LeBron more. And yeah. LeBron is the greatest player of the generation. I just you know what I try to do with this stuff. I try to think about like what Stephen A and Skip and those shows are going to do. Yeah. what their top who, block. Depending are on who see? wins. Yeah. And I hate that. That's kind of like crafting there. Of like, but it's what's Kendrick Perkins gonna say? And LeBron James is the best. Right? You know, he's just. You know what? I'm, I am try to think about what is that show gonna say depending <laughs> on who wins and how. And it's for
1: sure. If Steph wins, it's for sure gonna be LeBron couldn't get it done head to head against Steph. 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 And that's Steph for sure. And people gonna
0: are be. gonna start putting their accomplishments head to head. And what Jobo just said about him being 34 years old and chasing LeBron and mm-hmm. having this opportunity and blah 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 and how LeBron was the chosen one, and Steph was the overlooked one, and uh, yeah. And then if the Knicks lose, it gets to be like, Steph was there again, Knicks fans, you idiots. <laughs> 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 it must you be were so painful so to you see were... that screenshot of the draft. No, well, no, the time. draft, the, it's the Timberwolves that yeah. passed Oh, it's on the Timberwolves. The right, yeah. under but, it right. right. Yeah. but it was that he got picked right ahead of the Knicks, and they the were Knicks. planning the on Knicks taking The Knicks are under, it. Timberwolves are above, yeah, right? it was just like, yeah, that was it. But it, Tough yeah, luck. anyway, I, I think that the hot take segments become, if LeBron beats Steph... Everyone diminishes Steph beating him in the finals, and people go, "KD was there," and now it's LeBron mm-hmm. got two wins over Steph. And if you remove yeah. Steph or if you remove Kevin Durant from yeah. the conversation, then look—it Steph only has one win against LeBron, yeah. and that was when LeBron had a completely beat up team, right?
2: Yeah, twenty sixteen.
0: No, no, no. Twenty sixteen is when he
2: won. Oh, twenty sixteen was when he won, right? Yes, right. when
0: Sorry. he lost the first series. When people gave Andre Iguodala MVP. MVP mm-hmm. Oh God. They're going to look back and look at LeBron's stats in that series <laughs> and then look at Steph's where he again did not win finals MVP. People are going to say like, he didn't beat him. The Warriors beat him. Mm-hmm. The, like go back and look at the roster and the minutes deployment of that first series. Kyrie hurt. Yeah, Kevin Love cats. hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It was Matthew Della Vadova. He's playing 31 and, minutes a night. Yeah, man. It was Matthew Della Vidova and Tristan Thompson and Timothy like, Mozgov. Yes. It was bad. It was LeBron versus the Warriors and he still pushed them. Yeah, he was so good. That's almost averaging 36. And so if LeBron beats Steph in this series and you remove Kevin Durant, people are going to look at that and go, okay, it's crazy we ever put these two guys into a rivalry conversation with one of them. It's clearly LeBron's. That's why in this series, Steph has more to lose and more to gain.
2: Mm, The long shot
0: thing, it's always LeBron because he's just on a different tier of great, where if he wins another title, it puts him in the five club. And the five club for LeBron definitely means something. Oh, yeah. Having that one less chip than Kobe and it's just that that two less than Michael. That's the real black mark on his resume, right? Mm-hmm. And then one of them is a bubble championship. So, yeah, for LeBron to get another title way bigger than any stakes Steph Curry can have. But for Steph Curry personally in this series, it's, it's definitely the two. Because LeBron loses two. People are going to go, man, LeBron's 38 years old and Steph's 34 and yeah. still like – you know, LeBron was hurt and he was playing on a broken foot. LeBron, you know, was going to come out full force with his excuse team. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lebr- LeBron PR. PR team is uh, gonna turns be... out
1: he had a partially
0: torn yeah. labrum. And, uh, uh... <laughs> LeBron x-rays are getting <laughs> leaked. Do you remember his tweeting? But every doctor on earth said, never again will LeBron play basketball. And I said, no. Wow. Dramatic. I was the one. He who just decided. Did. Yeah. He so, decided he was out. So I think that, yeah, Steph. In the series, LeBron Mm, overall—that was kind of a fence riding. Who do you have winning this series? I kind of like the Lakers.
2: Mm, You like the Lakers, eh? Yeah,
0: I do. I kind of like the Lakers.
2: I think we're getting seven games out of this for sure.
0: I hope we do. I hope we get just. Here's what I hope. I think we just get. Hopefully, get an iconic series. I agree. Also, this one sucks for me because I grew up liking Golden State. Yeah, Mm. my uncle had seasons tickets, and so every time we'd go visit him. Get to go watch games. Saw some cool ones. Mentioned that I had a bunch of jerseys growing up, like Chris Mullen and Hardaway. And mm. I had a, you know, Chris Weber uh, pennant. And it was it's a cool one, too. I wish nice. I still had it. It was so sick. It was like a cartoon one. Uh, like, I was all I was in on the Warriors for a long time. I yeah. always liked the Warriors. And it was like sort of the downtrodden. And I loved the Baron Davis teams. Mm. But then they became Beatrice, so hot. Obviously. Monte yeah, Ellis. obviously, Beardrins. Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> dude, man, I love Monte Ellis. Monte Ellis. I can tell you about Monte Ellis's tattoos. I love Monte Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> but then they became such frontrunners and such a dominant team and the KD thing happened you couldn't like the warriors no, yeah, and so became... i started to dislike the warriors and so, and that still lingers for me but i grew up hating the lakers and so if you told young me yo golden state and the lakers are going to be a playoff series and you might be rooting a touch for the lakers out <laughs> of a spat in your face <laughs> you'd have gone sick. there's absolutely no idea and you got to remember i grew up in Shaq and Kobe when it was like this is so unfair that these guys are doing this remember when they got Uh, Gary Payton and 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 Carl Malone was like, oh, well bleep this league, you know, (laughs) like this is bull. This is total bull. What are we doing here? NBA sucks. That is all your hockey friends. Socks league. This league sucks. (laughs) Unfair. Cool. You got Shaq. Wow. You win the championship. Easiest league. I I was living through those years. So to think now that I would be kind of rooting for a Laker, I'll probably settle in and root for Steph at some point in it. My Mm -hmm. Lakers childhood hatred will come out, but I do. Like, I just, LeBron is the player of my era. And as long as LeBron yeah. is the man, then I mean, he's older than me. It's just, it's important, you know? But it
2: will be hard not to reverse death, especially if, like, if the rest of his team doesn't show up. And like Pool's not shooting well Clay's not shooting well And it's just Steph I do carrying Poole. on his own I can oh, see why Poole Draymond Punches oh, <laughs> Man he's
0: that guy so Poole, Poole is a yeah. volume shooter know, Breck show And then he plays no defense And he talks yeah. trash I'm like yeah Draymond obviously just, just lit you up Did you see the clip Of that like, Poor Jordan Poole And uh, now history's changed We're like Eh kind of good Did you see it. the
2: clip Of that after game 7 Like after yeah. the Kings game 7 When uh, Draymond and Poole Were like after the game They are like pushing Each other again And like no, d- was, arguing no. I was like oh no Jordan
0: Poole Just go it. At Draymond's bag.
2: <laughs>
0: just, just, yeah. just. Get make some sure water. his locker is tidy, Jordan. Like I don't want to have a dirty locker, <laughs> so make sure it's nice and clean. Anyway, uh, we have. Let's wrap this up. What else we got? Anything uh, good? Dodgeball sequel? You into uh, it? Mean, yeah, Vince sure. Vaughn coming back? This. We can do this later. But yeah, I'll just say this. I, I, I so I, I thought about this when I saw Will Ferrell sitting mm. at the Kings game, and I went, "Man, Will Ferrell is cool. I love the, the face. Paint. Paint. I love that he showed up for those Kings games." And and you think to yourself, like, why is he not still making comedy movies? It's because he's old, man. And you can age out of it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, there are certain guys that can age into still being funny, like Steve Martin, right? Mm-hmm. Steve Martin, I feel like, has been forever old. <laughs> like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Even when he
1: was hosting SNL yeah, back just, in, like, the 70s, yeah, he was still so old. <laughs> dude,
0: Silver Fox. He's yeah. just... Oh, yeah. He's in that new show, Only Murders in the Building. And I think, oh, okay, you're... you're he's just... He's the type of classy, funny, right? Yeah, yeah. Understated funny. And I will say that he wasn't always old, because... One of my favorite memories of just loving a an early funny movie was watching The Jerk with my mom, mm. Mm. which is a classic. He hates these kids! Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I do not. <laughs> I know you don't, Joe. You didn't have to say. You Steve could have just Martin shut 77, up. Yeah. by the way.
0: Anyway, yeah. Steve Martin is the man. And he aged gracefully and he can still be funny because he's got that style of humor. Will Ferrell, you can't watch Will Ferrell be Frank the Tank in an older, you know, it's just his stepbrothers. His style of who he is aging comedically is not the same. And I went, ah, but I throw Vince Vaughn into the category of Will Ferrell where it's kind of part of where it ages out. Dude, part of Vince Vaughn's appeal is that he's like. The cool guy you wish you were friends with. Mm, he's mm-hmm. tall, he's handsome, and he's funny. He's just like the total package guy, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I don't know how that works. How old's Vince Vaughn now? He's oh, got to be fifty. Check. Yeah. I'm just saying it, that doesn't have the same cachet for me. With like, think about dodgeball, right? He's the he's the average Joe's. He's yeah. the underdog, but he's the handsome guy who could pull the super hot chick just based on his personality, even though he's got a failing gym. And it's we 53 all fifty three now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know how that works in this new one. Mm, By the way, Ben Stiller, one of those will always be funny guys. Yes. Like age will always be funny. Like you can always throw Ben Stiller in a movie and he's going to, he's going to crush. Like I have no fear that he's going to be the, uh, here's what I'm most confident in about the Dodgeball sequel. He's Mm. clearly in it, right? Yes. Ben Stiller? Yes. He'll be infinitely the best part of this movie. Uh, He's the number one reason to see this movie. It's not Vince Vaughn. But some of those other guys, like, again, at the time, Justin Long was the, man, Justin Long, I can relate to you. Because you're the guy who looks young mm. and you can be cute at one point in your life, but then you're going to just be boy face <laughs> in old age. And it's that <laughs> awkward look of you have a boy face, but you're old. And mm. I, I fear what Justin Long is going to look like <laughs> in this movie and how I'll feel about it. I need, man, I wish you could get like uh hair transplant. But for beards, so I could have a beard when I... Beard get, plugs? Dude, I, I so desperately need a 5 o'clock shadow at some point <laughs> in my life. Like, I'm going to get turkey neck and jowly, and people are going to go, you're like a boy face, but you're old and gross, and you make me sad, boy face, old man. <laughs> are you old? Is he young? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Justin Long, I just... Yeah, it, some of these sequels is just, can we get some new ideas, and can we get some new people? True. Because it just feels like, for the younger generation of funny people, they are not allowed to be funny in a movie, And but there's, like... A funny card you have when you're older like it's why I'm mm-hmm. terrified of losing Chappelle is the day Chappelle goes away Feels like who's gonna pick up the mantle as the stand-up comedian that can say that or Bill Burr, right? Yeah. When we lose Bill Burr and we lose Chappelle when those two guys throw the sneakers over the telephone wire Are we gonna see stand-up comics have the same kind of ability? To withstand the cancel culture of things. Mm-hmm. And it's already happened with comedy movies. I've said this a million times before. If you went into a college dorm today, what would the comedy movie be that's on the kids' dorm room wall? And they would probably still have stepbrothers. They would probably still have old school. Mm-hmm. They It would be that nothing good has been made since those movies. And so now it feels like they're trying to reach back into this and find whatever they had there with comedy movies. But... To me, it's just the big issue is you're not going to get or super bad, right? Those were the last ones that were like, yeah, the Seth Rogen ones. The young Jonah Hill. Where are you gonna you have not seen quality comedy movies or comedy franchises or comedy figures emerge? Mm-hmm. Because that stuff, when you watch it now and you watch a lot of those things back, it's tough to age and people go, hey, hey even think about how like Robert Downey Jr. has to like once a year deal with the Tropic Thunder stuff. Yeah. And someone's like, Did you guys know? It feels like more it's than like, once a year. Oh, we're doing this again? Or or Ben Stiller with the simple jack thing. Did you guys know what they did in this movie? Oh my mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone fills their diaper, and then it's a scary thing. And so, but if you're Ben Stiller, you can survive that. You know, you're Robert Downey Jr. can survive that. Movie stars aren't the same way anymore. Young stars aren't the same way. Like they're way more afraid of the repercussions. I see that in this business, in this industry, even with people trying to have takes about sports, Mm -hmm. they're afraid to do some of them. So no, I get it. Anyway, that's the rant on that. Went on, went long, (laughs) but yeah.
2: Ben Stiller thinks the same way that you do. It helps. Yeah, he, he he agrees that he was he was wary about the the sequel to dodgeball to, to dodgeball because it's like people love the first one so much it's like wary about doing it right the second time. No, that's how you don't I mean. want to tramp over it.
0: That's that's why it's like, dude. Mm. So that,
2: the, the sequel hasn't gone into production yet or anything. Are there it's just like are good
0: comedy sequels
2: yeah i could not be more out on this idea
0: yeah but i'm just
2: are off the top of my head i can't think of any that stood out to me like yes that's i guess 100% I, the i'm one. a little
0: police academy is a bit before my time i know ne- that never hit with me same with those movies like i feel like this this was a move in the 80s or the early 90s where it'd be like hot shots or uh, or, hot or shots, lethal hot shots part not, 22
2: jump street was pretty good okay, yeah that one wasn't I'll, I'll bad 22 yeah 22 street, actually yeah.
0: that one wasn't bad but also it was kind of like that's like a movie I throw on for an easy watch, not like, wow, this was a comedically brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, look it's at not the a dumb class, handsome guy. Gets... Ha You know, and Jonah Hill <laughs> and Ice Cube's mad. You know, that was the whole funny parts. <laughs> hey, have <laughs> you Just seen? My
2: name is Jeff part. That's
0: what yeah. But but it's like, hold on. Follow me down. this. What, what's the one with Liam Neeson that was a franchise? Uh, we- naked it. Weapon? Naked Gun? Liam... Naked Gun. Was that it? Yeah, because it's Lethal Weapon, Naked Gun was the spoof movies. Right. I'm saying like '80s and '90s. I feel like they did like Hot Shots mm. One, Hot Shots hot Two. Shots part yeah, like le- Lethal or God, why can't Naked Gun? Make gun they would yeah. do stuff like this, comedy sequels, and it would sort of work in that time. But I don't feel like that's a modern dayer move. I can't think of just um, a franchise. Leslie yeah, Nielsen, yeah. yeah, but I can't think of uh, my my claim to fame from being in the Yukon was I had a friend who was like I think Leslie Nielsen was his uncle or something. and it was sick. like, wow, cool, so airplane. sick. I know, yeah, he's, yeah. He's of the course. Airplane is the best.
2: He's bringing back Naked Gun too this year. Yeah. All right, uh, but
1: have you seen any of like the, the like years years later sequels? Like I never saw Anchorman
0: two, and oh, I my never God. saw Zoolander see, two. Saying. Were they Nightmare. any good? I never saw Zoolander two. I couldn't be less interested in watching no, those because like, I
1: just feel like it's going to ruin movies dude, that I loved see? as like a fourteen year old.
0: This is what I'm saying. I have no interest. Austin Powers was good franchise. Hey, Austin Powers hit sequels well. All right, was Goldmember number two or th- no? Goldmember was, was three. Who is two? Why can't I remember 2?
1: It might have just been called... I don't know.
0: Was it just called... There was just no Spy Who Shagged Me? Spy Who Shagged yeah, Me. Yeah yeah, 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 Spy Who Shagged Me. See, awesome that was Paris a too. sick run. Wayne's World 2 was good.
1: Yes, it was good.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a while, basically, since we've hit on a comedy scene. Because you're right. The Anchorman 2 sucked. Mm.
2: Yeah. So
0: bad. So horrifically bad. The worst thing about Anchorman 2... Maybe this is actually why Will Ferrell just retired. Is he tried to be like... <laughs> I'm doing a podcast as Ron Burgundy. I'm going on newscasts as Ron Burgundy. Remember that? Uh-huh. Yeah. He, he, he like, did like the I'll...
2: whole campaign of like, uh, he went on like Jimmy Fallon and, or Jimmy Kimmel oh, as Ron, as Ron, Ron Burgundy. Burgundy. Yeah.
0: It was too much, dog. He also,
2: he did, he did an LA Kings game as <laughs> Ron Burgundy. Yeah, man. He I went know. in the
0: booth. I know. We've yeah. all tried to forget. <laughs> Sorry. Brought it, it back. so <laughs> bad. Dude. So bad. Yeah, but you're right. Anchorman 2 was horrific and Zoolander 2 was a complete non-starter.
2: Throw Rush Mm. Hour in there for good sequels. Rush Hour. That Mm. is a great pull.
0: You want to talk about a movie that it would be tough in these times? Yes. Rush Hour has some scenes where you're like, oh, no, (laughs) you wouldn't. (laughs) Rush Hour is great, though, man. Rush Hour Rush Hour 2, though. Yeah, actually, Rush Hour 2 is pretty good. Are you excited for Rush Hour 4? No. No. (laughs) See, that's what I'm saying. It's falling into the same movie. Didn't even know there was three. Didn't even know there was three. We don't
1: need these like a decade after. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I don't want to see...
0: If guys who are funny and hit on a thing ten years later, Ugh. what are you up to? I didn't like need that. The,
2: the same shtick of what that did 10
0: years ago. A bit see, now that I'm scared because Ben Stiller is a part of this because he's like, I can't say no to the money, but he already did well, the Zoolander the, 2 thing, and he's like, not, I know what this is like. Since
2: the film was not in production, it's buddy. not it's not in like anything's like
0: started filming, so Stiller yeah. could still back out. No, as Simon and I are of an era where all the funny movies, we know all the funny lines. Like if I do any funny line from Zoolander we know it, okay?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know a single line from Zoolander 2. And, <laughs> and if I said one right now, like actually just go to IMDb and do the, the quote from it, it's, nobody's gonna know. It's like we should have done that actually, real or fake from sequels or something. It's like a real quote or a fake quote. But yeah, there's no Zoolander quote that I know. I know that whole movie, Beat for Beat. That's one of my favorite comedy movies, Zoolander. It's really? really? So great. Mm-hmm. Such an amazing movie. But why male models? Yeah,
3: <laughs> A center for <laughs> ants?
0: <laughs> so great. Yeah, uh, you Owen know, Wilson. Yeah. Wow. yeah, it's so good. It's so good. I still, to this day, say so hot right now. So hot right now. And, yeah. When Will Ferrell spits the hot coffee in his face, <laughs> says, you're <laughs> mistaken indeed, Jack O'Beeb, that's one of the top ten laughs I've ever had in my entire life. That I'm is, really showing my age. That's, man, this is tough. Yeah, Joe, again, you don't need to talk. <laughs> you can just be quiet and say, like, not say what you don't know loudly. <laughs> if, if like people have a conversation about something that you don't need to be. Involved, I don't know that. You go, Guys, I, I <laughs> no, don't know, I know what's going on. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. God. But yeah, we don't need the 50-year-old virgin.
3: No. We don't
1: need knocked up again. No.
3: We don't need any of this stuff. Leave yeah. the old virgin would be it. hilarious. What? <laughs> Simon just said 50-year-old virgin? I'm there for that, actually. That would actually be really funny. Man, again, those guys
0: already get in trouble still for, like, clips. They hate it when the clips – anyway, we've gone too long. Let's wrap this podcast up. This is a fun one. (laughs) Let's get the preview going. Uh, Subscribe to this podcast. Leave five stars. Hit me up if you want to try Botano. At JDBunkus. Follow on Instagram and Twitter. We'll see you tomorrow after game one.